Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This episode of The Kindness Project was recorded live on Facebook during lockdown, which explains why we're probably still talking about being stuck indoors. I hope you're enjoying your time outside to the fullest, and thanks for listening to The Kindness Project. The Kindness Project, we talk about infused tea, back garden makeover, and we are joined by Melissa Burmester and Jacqueline Lindsay from Kindness.org, part one. Good morning and welcome to the Kindness Project. I am joined by a girl who likes her tea mildly infused. It's so uh, Sophie, it's Charlotte Dames. And, and I'm I realised by a man who overinfuses my tea. It's Chris Dames. Can I just close the window? I'm gonna be back in a minute. No, the you windows ca- are closed. Can you just uh, the uh, the curtains are open and the, it looks like there's a religious style light coming through, so I'm gonna go and close the window. <laughs> Carry on. Oh, uh, do I tell the tea story or like, um, t- why we've got the windows shut or there's a lot going on today. There is a lot going on today. Um, so what would you like to talk about first? Um, the fact that we are going to have a recording playing for 20, roughly 22 yeah, minutes. Yeah, we did an video. amazing interview with Jacqueline and Melissa from Kindness.org yes. uh, last week. So we've got that interview um, playing today. Hopefully well, you really it. enjoy it. Um, Charlotte does like her tea lightly infused because we she made her tea and she's got this like sort of pure what tea leaves that you infuse. Yeah. But you just my, like my lady to... grey, which you messed up this morning by spilling it all over the kitchen no, counter. All I was doing is trying to make sure that it was properly infused by just banging it really hard against the cup. But it's that's how you do it, it, it. It's infused if you leave it there, and it'd already been sitting there for five minutes. I was making sure it was infused. <laughs> I don't want you... There's nothing worse than having a drink and then just putting the milk in and then it turns into milk. And it looked that pale. It looked it looked like an anemic cup of tea. That's what it looked like. It Rude to my cup of tea. It didn't look like a particularly appetising cup of tea. But it was all right. Yeah, was it right? You messed it up. I messed it up. Okay, fair enough. Um... The other thing we've got going on, and you might be able to hear, we are having our back garden. Um, we have it. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. There is a digger outside. 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 That was exactly the point we were getting We were just about to mention the digger. So we are having our back garden. Torn to shreds. Torn to shreds at the minute. New fake lawn put in so that we can avoid gardening if we can because we're not into that but it does mean I like gardening where are you going to garden when we have the lawn done they're going to they're going to they're going to leave you a little box aren't they and you're going to do it in the box Um, so but what it does mean is that we've got um, they've bought in a A mini digger a mini digger to dig up the back garden. Making a huge kerfuffle. And is it me who does secretly (laughs) want to go? I see them, they're using it. Do you want to go, Soph? We had a a conversation the other day about Diggerland. And Diggerland is a... Um, And Diggerland is a place in Kent, um, in uh, in England, where we live, um, where you can go and um, you can go... Right, Sophie, I'm trying to talk. Where you can go and play with diggers. 
Um, and and have a little go. You've been to Digger Land, haven't Dad, you? Do you remember that time where we were on that big digger ride, where we had to sit in the thing? We have we have a comment. Yeah. The crane. Um, I do. From, I do. Scoop, we have a comment. And someone dropped their bag. Yes, I do. Someone dropped their bag off of it. Uh, someone dropped their bag off a digger. Um, <laughs> I did that on a uh, on a twister thing, a, fa- uh, a fairground once, and my phone got smashed because it was oh, in my I, bag. You know what? Once I remember this. <laughs> when, probably when I was your close to your age, probably 14, 15, I got on a waltzer in. Barking Park in East London, <laughs> and somebody, the guy hadn't closed the gate, so I ended up hanging out of the water yeah. like that well, for we about two minutes. Oh, well, I've been saying it for, from Cassie Dames. Uh, oh, Cassie Dames has said she's, right just, there. she's literally there. <laughs> And, 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 and the comment is morning lovelies and morning to the lovelies that are Andy, Russell and Desmond. Morning lovelies. Oh, and Stephen. And Stephen. Morning lovelies. We uh, appreciate <laughs> what you. What happened to dudes? Morning dudes. Morning dudes. Um, so, Diggerland we like. Diggerland, yes. Diggerland we like. Right. Calm. Diggerland we like. Morning Chris and family. How are you guys doing? We're doing Desmond. well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, we're doing okay. Diggerland we like. The other thing I learnt this week, and, and again, listeners and viewers, if you've heard of this before, let oh, me know. This. So I've got a mate, Steve, right? Steve Dan. Um, we call him Steve from the gym. Yes. I met him at the gym. Um, anyway, okay. the gyms are shut at the minute, so we've been doing some personal training outside on a Monday. Uh, and Steve's been like sort of coming with me and back, just um, him on his bike and I'm running along. So... On the way back from personal training on Monday, the conversation turned to food, mm. right? As and, it always does. And restaurants and, like, sort of just doing, like, all of this food stuff. And Steve said to me, have you ever had a chip loaf? And I said, no, Steve, I don't know what a chip loaf is. He went... Um, a chip loaf is you get a loaf, you get a big loaf, you slice open the top of the sides, Cass. Slice open the top, take the top and put it there, get the filling of the bread, take all of that out and do something with it, um, and then just fill the loaf with chips. I, I imagine you could use. And then put the lid back on. I, can, I imagine you could use the stuff you'd scooped out to make something like. I don't know, um, how do you make bread pudding? How do you make bread pudding? With bread. With bread. So you could, yeah, yeah, yeah you could yeah. do that. Potentially. So the question is, unofficial question of the podcast, we might use it for a future question of the podcast later, is, is there something that is part of your childhood, food that is part of your memory, that you think is quite unusual? Now, Steve, um, loved the chip loaf. I came home, never had having a chip loaf. Said to uh, Cassie, my wife, um, have you had a chip loaf? Yeah, everybody's had a chip loaf, haven't they? So, I haven't had a chip loaf. I haven't had a chip loaf. So unofficial question of the podcast too, have you heard of or ever had a chip loaf? But there is an official question in the podcast and I believe you know what it is because you posted it yesterday morning. Yeah, so the uh, official question of the podcast... <laughs> Soured the mood. <laughs> you don't seem excited now about this official question of the podcast. Look, it's official and it's not a chip loaf, is it? <laughs> no, it's actually a more heartfelt and serious yes. one, which is why I'm trying to change the tone of my voice slightly. But, well, 
we can still be happy and excited. Keep going! The official question of the podcast, the reason I'm writing this is because I'm writing the Kindness Project book yes. at the minute. And I'm, I want to talk about the seminal points in our life where we've had encouragement, encouragement... <laughs> Or a chip loaf, and I've realised that Charlotte is taking the mick out of me right now for doing that. The seminal points in our life where we've had somebody say to us, Well, <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> well done. Um, uh, the seminal points. <laughs> Right, we we have had a forty percent increase in listeners in the last couple of months. Um, uh, I don't know why you're watching or listening. Genuinely, can you see this? This is random. Um, people who can't, they just so so. Dad, the people listening just hear us falling into laughter. True, true, that's right. Oh. Right, I'm gonna put my hands behind my back so I can I can make this right, point. Yeah. I can make this point. <laughs> Right, so I can't. I need, <laughs> yeah. I need my hands. I need I my hands. Seminal, right, what we want to know is the seminal points in your life where encouragement has changed the game for you a bit. So I think we've all experienced times when we've been encouraged mm-hmm. to do something. What thing, <laughs> claw, what thing, grip. <laughs> Sorry, why are you gripping at my chest? What what words of encouragement meant the most to you? Um, Yeah. I mean, we have got some amazing words of encouragement that our friends and viewers of the podcast and people on social media have sent to us so far. But the official question of the podcast is that. What words of encouragement or compliment have you got that's meant the most to you in life? And you know what I've realised from people who have already sent answers to this particular question in? Even if it's decades ago, it means a lot to people. Mm. And that's what—that's the point that I'm trying to get to in the book. So if you can share that, that'd be good. Or um, let's go back to the unofficial question of the podcast. Have you ever had a chip loaf? Well, we do have a, another comment from Mum who's sitting directly... It doesn't scroll up more than All right, that. OK, that's fine. Um, apparently, we're having a chip loaf for dinner. Yeah. Job done. Um, oh, that actually happened. Now, do you eat... Now, the other thing I want to check, and Cassie's sitting there, so she might be able to tell us directly. Chip loaf and gravy? Can you... No, we're not having gravy with it, definitely not. That's a northern <laughs> thing. Um... Uh, one thing that I want to check is can you like do, do you just scoop the chips out with a fork or do you like is it a sandwich what do you do it's with a that sandwich, chip loaf is it not no it's not because it's an entire loaf it's more like a receptacle for chips isn't it <laughs> <laughs> We're just Cassie, who never comes on the podcast but likes to get involved, is just sitting there going like that. Oh. And for the listeners, it's hands wide like you're holding a long baguette and just chomping into it. Yeah. Okay, so on that particular note, yeah. would you like to share some Dave Boyle's like silver linings? Well, you said you'd bring that up on your laptop. Steve, Steve, Steve from the gym, Steve Dan, is hey. watching the podcast. We're talking hey. about you, Steve. Chip loves. Um, right, would you like to share silver linings? I, okay, you were going to bring them up on your computer, but I guess <laughs> Steve, I'll put on the I, one do, I do computer. like Steve's comment. Just straight, Ram it in just, the mouth. Just, just very direct. Ram friend, it in your mouth. Get your friend to help kind of tip it into your gullet. <laughs> would you need help? 
to ram an entire loaf yeah, in your mouth. Yeah, of course you would. Yeah, you would. You would. Right, let's, have, let, let's get back to the feel-good like, element Thanks. of the show. <laughs> um, and, um, but what we'd like to do is start a bit of a chip loaf challenge, right? If you, if you can... Um, if you can send in you eating a chip loaf, we'll we'll share us enjoying a chip loaf because apparently we're having chip loaf tonight now. Um, I think she was joking. You weren't joking, were you? <laughs> oh, I've got my heart set on a chip loaf. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but if you're if you if you do get to enjoy a chip loaf, um, please send photos of you eating a chip loaf in, and we'll share it on the podcast. Yes, I will. I will do that. Okay, fine. I'm just cracking on now. I've already made this descend into chaos. I don't know what happened to my usual structure thingy, but you know what? Monday, Silver Linings, David Forsdyke. Thank you very much, (laughs) David. Um, Singer Jen, Jen, Jen Majura is challenging famous rock musicians around the world to record, learn and record one minute of a feel-good song in one hour. Her one-minute jams are pretty cool so far, including Blame It on the Boogie oh, and Sir Duke. Good choice of two good mm. songs there as well. China has taken stu- two steps to protect pangolins against poaching and extinction. First, they have raised their ranking to Class 1 under wildlife protection laws, the same as pandas. Second, they have removed the scales from the list of the appropriate approved ingredients from traditional medicines. These steps will help the three endangered species of pangolin. Novak Djokovic I hope I'm saying that right yeah. hosted a social distance tournament to help tennis players back to comp- competition fitness. He, he was brought to twit tears after a standing ovation from his home supporters. Yeah, That is amazing work. Um, what else have we got? Here we go. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Great podcast, in not Oh. <laughs> Scrolling. It's just taking a while. Antonio Gwyn Jr. Gwen Jr.? Gwyn Jr.? Anyway. A teenager from Buffalo spent 10 hours cleaning up after protest. His excellent example has been recorded, rewarded with a number of generous gifts. Sky News asked six experts and commentators to write about the unexpected benefits of the COVID-19 pandemic they came up with. The joy of extra family time, doing nothing and not feeling bad about it, avoiding the daily commute by... Working from home. Ah, yes. Breathing in cleaner air. Getting to know your neighbours, listening to the birds sing. Town and Country magazine did a similar exercise. Their list includes... The Gift of Time. A survey by Nielsen's Books is reporting a 41% increase in the number of people reading books. You know what? Shops are opening back up. We'll have to go on a book binge. <laughs> Health improvements. According to the UGov, COVID-19 has resulted in 300,000 people giving now up smoking. that is amazing. Love Mother that. Nature. The National Trust is reporting that the UK's wildlife is thriving. A slower pace. Slowing down has allowed many of us to focus on improving our health and well-being. Spending less and saving more. Computers are saving that. Computers? Commuters are saving an average of £146 a month. While Sophie finds the next one, I just want to give a no bit one. of a shout-out to... Uh, <laughs> while, while Charlotte, I know that... I know that. I know that lady's name. I've been, uh, she's my daughter. Um, <laughs> while Steve um, is, is sorting out the next... Um, the... I wonder if Steve's still watching. <laughs> Steve, I hope you're watching. Um, <laughs> right. While, um, 
while Charlotte sorts out the next set of Dave Boyle's Dark and Silver Linings, um, I want to just um, give a big shout out to uh, Marcus Rashford, who's the Man United football player, for his amazing work um, on free school meals for kids. Now, interestingly, because a lot of my day job involves talking to people about living happier lives and using their money to live happier lives um i'm i read a book uh, about six months ago called well-being and as part of the book it, it allows you to do a well-being survey mm-hmm. now i was doing it here wasn't i, I was yes. doing it at home and you were here and one of the um, one of the things that you get to do is a survey and one of the questions on the survey was have you ever in the last year ever worried about feeding your family now i we had a, this sparked mm. a conversation between us and actually i've never worried about that i've never had to because mm. i've been lucky enough to uh, have a career that makes sure that we we are okay financially mm. we do all right financially um but it raised the debate that there are people out there who cannot afford to feed their families mm. and do struggle with that. So, well done to Marcus Rashford. Big, big time. Well done to Marcus Rashford for highlighting this as an issue and using his his platform mm. for doing something really positive. You know, it uh, doesn't need to. There's plenty of sportsmen and footballers who don't. Um, but the fact that he's chosen to do that um, massive amount of respect. So, sorry, get on with that stuff. It's <laughs> fine. Okay. Homeless Charity Jimmy's, together with the New Meaning Foundation and Chari- Charity Aaliyah, have built six micro-homes for homeless people. Homelessness is a big problem in Cambridge, so the charities have designed and built these self-contained flats to help those in need get their lives back together. Former homeless workers have been involved in the build. The website, www.fallintear.com, Dot com is connecting those who are in or on furlough with volunteering opportunities. Anyone with three or more hours each week to spare can register. If you're not furloughed and the website will match you up with charities, social events, um, social and environmental enterprises and community support groups. Another website allowing us to add good news stories to the map of the world. If you enjoy my post, then take a look. It. It's an almost endless supply of silver linings. And that's oneworld-stories.org. So they're, um, that's like the kindness project all over the world. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, uh, That stuff. is it. That is it. Which so, is moving on to... So what we're going to move on to is our amazing interview with Melissa mm. and Jacqueline. Uh, now, Melissa and Jacqueline run an organisation called kindness.org. Yes. Uh, they're based out of New York, but we um, interviewed them in lockdown. I think they were both in different parts of California at the time. Uh, I might be wrong there. Um, but they are two amazing people with an amazing story. Do you want to play the tape? Yeah, let me just turn the mic off. Two, three, two. <laughs> Hi, uh, Jacqueline, Melissa, thank you so much for join- joining us. And thank you for my copy of the book, which <laughs> I've got to be honest, I cheated a bit. Because I only had it, I only received it a couple of weeks ago, and I've done all fifty-two weeks in two weeks. That can't be right, can it? <laughs> it's not the way you're meant to read it, no, is it? No, no. <laughs> so, it's fine. Yeah, but thank you for sending it through. I really enjoyed it, and thanks for coming on the uh, 
coming on the kindness project. Um, we were talking before we started the interview in earnest about lockdown. Um, and before we start with the actual questions of the interview, what's been your biggest learning experience mm -hmm. in lockdown? I'll start. Um, uh, for me, it's definitely been that I've realized what matters most. Um, it's forced me to think about the priorities in my life, how I'm living, where I'm living, what my life looks like day to day yeah. um, through through a lens that I was thrown into and, and would have probably not made the decisions I'm making, um, but it's helped clarify where I want to be, what I want my family makeup to look like and, and what well-being means for us. So that has definitely been my biggest learning. And I don't think you've been alone in that. I mean, mm -hmm. certainly it does make you, yeah. this enforced situation has made people look at their lives a bit closer, right? Yeah. How about for you, Melissa? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I haven't really thought about my, my biggest learning, but you know, honestly, it might be, I'm, I'm a mom. I have a young daughter. Uh, she's three and I'm a, I'm a working mom and I've never been with her <laughs> all week and and I used to say I would I couldn't do it like I was like I don't know I think I'm the type of person that has to you know I love being a mom but I think I need to go to the office and I need to do that and it's been weird how much I just love being with her like all the time <laughs> in these little small moments and in just different aspects that of her life that I've never gotten to see before because mm -hmm. I'm with her during certain hours aside from the weekend. Um, but it's it's been really special to kind of have that different experience. I mean, challenging. Don't get me wrong, but but it's been um, it's been really special. And I think just like oh, I I, I can do this. Um, Be before yeah. you came, and I will share it again. I think we spoke about it on the podcast as well. But the, but the the the. Yeah. The repetition is our is our forte. So I'm going to mention this story again. I was just saying to Jacqueline that I've got an eight-year-old, so Charlotte's 16 and Sophie's eight. And my eight-year-old, uh, I was on a client call, and she uh, she was playing in the garden, doing a bit of gardening. A really important client call, new client who we're just trying to build the rapport and the relationship with. And she wandered in with the biggest um, clump of grass and dirt you've ever seen and decided to show it to my yeah, client. And I was like, what do I do with that? How to handle that, to be honest. So I think, I think interestingly for me, it's been lovely to spend time with my family because yeah. that's what we do it for, right? Um, but um, I, I also like the balance between work and life and making sure there's a line there. Have you found that line being crossed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't know I mean it's so hard especially I mean I, I'm sure your kids you're you're set a little bit older my daughter at three you know I mean she thinks it's great she loves to to be a part of things and she actually um this just last night I was um looking through the book can I can I read the kindness book? And she pulled it and sat on the couch and just, I mean, she can't read yet, but she was just thumbing through the whole thing. And she looks at me and she says, kindness is important, mom. And oh. so those are the blends between work and life that I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, I, th yeah. I, think, I think it's, you know, for me, uh, 
being a role model is really important. So certainly for both of you, you're amazing role models for your for your children, and and I, I, that's what I want to be talking about today as well. So before we start talking about um, those issues more specifically. Can you just tell our audience a little bit about you? Um, hello, everyone. My name is Jacqueline, and uh, I'm one of the co-founders of Kindness.org. Um, I think I'm so used to, like, at that party networking intro, you just shoot straight into your professional spiel. But I've realized, I think, also through this time that there's so much more to me than a job or my work. Um, so when I think about who am I, um, I am passionate about human equity and uh, I am someone who cares deeply about experiences and um, has tried to nurture that passion through an adventure and just doing my best to learn as much as I can about other people who are different than me. I'm a mom to a wonderful two-year-old and about to have my second son in two months. Um, part of my uh, discovery of these past few months is I have to live near the ocean to feel full. So I've just relocated to an amazing little town in Florida um, right on the water and it's been very life-giving. And I get to do a job I love and, and help think about how to bring more kindness into the world. It's super hard and very humbling. That's me. <laughs> Thank you for that. Lisa? <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, I let's see, I grew up in California. I also love experiences and a sense of adventure, if you will. Um, most recently discovering how you can create a sense of adventure and without leaving the house. <laughs> Jumped into the pool with my clothes on the other day with my daughter. Um, <laughs> but I love problem solving and logistics. I love data, but I also can be completely just led by my heart. And I think most importantly, I believe a kinder world is possible. So I want, to, I want to explore a little bit about kindness Orc, and you're you're both the founders of that. But what do you what 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 how what do you both contribute in different what skills have you got that contributes differently to the organization? Well, I say Jacqueline is by far the kindest person I know and, <laughs> and far more optimistic. So um, you know, I think we joke around sometimes when when we were founding that Jacqueline was like the passion and the vision and I was like the this is how we're gonna do it <laughs> or this is what's rational. Um, yeah. Yeah. But but I think we we sometimes can hand that off and, and I think that's the beautiful thing um, that I've loved about working with somebody like Jacqueline is because I will just say with your skills, you're so diverse, you know, you're able to see the big picture, but really draw down into the tiny little details and think through every element. When you're working on something like kindness, we had to be grounded. We wanted to be underpinned by science, so we needed to be grounded in that, which means you just have to be really, you know, well, on it and, and look at the hard facts. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when we start the, the, the podcast, you know, my understanding of kindness was quite an ephemeral ephemeral thing so so it, it's actually just how can you be practically kind and i know you guys have done a lot of work in that area haven't you yeah yeah 
So tell us a little bit about the organization, Kindness Startup. So we are a nonprofit. Our mission is to educate and inspire people to choose kindness. And we spent a long time intentionally picking every single word in that. Um, we wanted to be led with the data and the science. We felt grounding ourselves in that was critical and thinking about kindness at scale. But we knew we couldn't ignore the realness and rawness that comes with content and storytelling and showing kindness in day-to-day -day life and how it manifests for us around the world as people um, and then the ending the real action part is that it's a choice and we are here to hopefully provide the inspiration and the education and the tools and the programs to guide you towards choosing kindness but it's ultimately up to every individual to make that decision yeah. and um and that's what is so beautiful and potent about kindness is it's an action it's measurable it's tangible and we're all capable of it yeah 100 percent. do you think um we've we've seen in lockdown a few more um examples of practical kindness people going out and contributing certainly in the uk we've seen a a uh, huge swathe of people volunteering now um, and giving blood and supporting that. We we have a, I don't know if you have it in the UK, we have a thing called Clap for Carers, where we get out on the doorsteps every Thursday night and clap for people who are caring for us. Have you have you got that? Have you, yeah. you do that? I haven't heard it called that, but I've I've, I've seen it. Yeah, we've been, we've been doing it here as well. Yeah, so... so do you think lockdown and this external threat has, has shown us that we are kind of as, we can be a bit kind of as people? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it can bring out the best in people, you know. Yeah, I um, I'll let you yeah. Question. yeah I'll, I'll listen to the next question. Right, okay. <laughs> what research has been the most persuasive argument for all of us to become kinder? Um, well, it has a significant effect on happiness and well-being um so it's good for you and it's one of the most effective ways to improve the well-being of you and another human simultaneously so that's powerful <laughs> powerful yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, we we always we always talk about kindness being quite selfish as well, right? Right, because it does benefit you and the other person. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like it's well, it's not selfish. Like it's great that it benefits you and somebody else. Like how powerful is that and i i think we really want to remove that stigma like it's fine that it's going to make you feel good if you're just doing it to make yourself feel good that's different yeah. um you know you, you have to be doing it with the intent to benefit somebody but it is wonderful that it makes that it improves your well-being as well I don't, I don't think you get the same well being if you're doing it to just benefit you that's yeah. the thing it's got to be altruistic by oh, exactly yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the irony right yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and in terms of, so as I said, I read the book, loved the book. Um, uh, and currently throughout the world, we're seeing a lot of political volatility in terms of equality. Um, and I read, the, I read the interview with Tom Tate, who was the mayor of Anaheim. Um, now, apologies, I'm from the east end of London, so my pronunciation of everything is wrong, typically. So let's just, let's just put that out there. Everything. Right. Absolutely everything. All right. That's great. Um, but um, uh, Tom Tate ran a campaign that was grounded in kindness, and actually it was pretty popular. 
do you think we could have more kind leadership and that would make a massive societal change? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had the privilege of, of getting to meet Tom um, and he ended up there and ended up winning um, and, and was elected with no previous, with very limited political experience. And his whole platform was that kindness mattered. And uh, if he could focus on kindness as the leader of how they made decisions and how it informed policies, um, that it would transform the community. And so he's like a, a unbelievable study of that reality coming into fruition because it did work over his tenure. There was such a shift in community connection and the ways that people were more unified, no matter who they were, what background they had under this commitment to neighborly kindness and community kindness. So in a one-off sense, we've seen it work. Um, in, in a more tangible way, we recently, we, we have something that we've tried called Kind Fund, where we want to learn about kindness in every aspect, but we can't do all the research ourselves. And there's some amazing people doing amazing research out there. And so we accepted applications for people who wanted to study kindness in different contexts. Um, and a group from Oxford approached us and said, we want to look at the role of compassion training within Republicans and Democrats in the United States and see if there can be any kind of shift. Um, in that study earlier this year, they looked at three groups. So they trained people with compassion, meditation training, regular meditation training, and then the control group had no training. Um, and the results, preliminary results, which will soon be coming out, um, showed that that hands down compassion training actually shifted the perception and care that you had over a political party who was different than you. And that was the only one that had a positive effect. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's indicative that when kindness is involved and integrated into politics, whether you believe the same policies or not, you can still both lead with kindness and choose to operate with kindness as a leader and it will have a positive impact how and where what that looks like who knows but i think it will have a positive impact across many verticals within politics i think the other interesting thing is is whether leaders the leaders we choose should promote um polarism or promote collaboration and I, I'd suggest that regardless of what your policies are you're going to move forward quicker by working together and including everybody's point of view yeah um, why don't you think that's more popular in western democracies Melissa I think yeah I mean I'm trying to think of how to answer that concisely um, well unfortunately it, at least in our country right now you know you've seen that that doing the other and and promoting division has gotten people elected right now. And, and so I think, unfortunately, that has worked in, in the long run. <laughs> Is that better for society, for community? Does it shift back? Is it better for the individual people? Absolutely not. Like research shows that. Um, but unfortunately, it can be effective. And, and we've seen that throughout history. And so we just hope that there are enough people 
and enough people making noise, you can pull it back in the other direction and say, hey, there's another way, there is a better way, and kindness is the path forward. You know what, Melissa, I think, I think the big thing with that is the long game, isn't it? You know, as you say, the research says the long game says that kindness is better and collaboration is better. Mm-hmm. And we have these little bit blips along the way in every country across the world. But the long game says that the more we work together, the better we do. Charlotte's got a question. Okay. Uh, so do you think kindness is more prevalent or perhaps more important in times of social politics? Hmm. I personally feel like times of crisis and, and what we've researched and seen as well, um, forces us to examine it or face it more than in day-to-day because in day-to-day when life is normal you can ignore it you can say I'm too busy I'm you know distracted Um, but when you're faced with something like we're in right now this pandemic and then everything that's happening around race relations in our world you can't ignore it there's there's really no easy way to go about your day when everything has shifted. The entire climate we're in is a complete 180 from normal. Um, And at times of volatility in in a positive way, um, bring out the best in us. Like we were saying earlier, more people volunteering, donating. And I think it forces us to be more aware of those opportunities because we can't ignore the fact how many people have been affected by COVID, how many, what the loss, the illness, the jobs. I mean, it's just... implicated everything and so there's no way around it that there's greater need and greater opportunities to that's Uh, why i see just just another quick question about the research sorry melissa i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna let you interrupt no 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 i i was just gonna say that i think in times like this you know there are there are more people experiencing grief and there are more people looking for signs of hope there's good in the world and so that combination is always important, but you bring those two things to the forefront and it does feel more urgent. Yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that most people in the world are generally good. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an optimist, um, but I think we need to be more vocal with that optimism, optimism at time, when times look dark, because we need to remind people that, that times are better. Um, She keeps on poking me in the leg, by the way. You can't see this. I know I'm talking too much because I get get a little poke in the leg. Shut up, Chris. No more. Come on. Good job. That's great. (laughs) What does the research say about the most effective methods to be a bit kinder to yourself? Yeah, so we would look at this as like self-kindness under the umbrella of self-compassion and and see them really um, tied together. And to clarify how we even imagine kindness and compassion, um, compassion is the feeling you have and kindness is the choice to act on it. So when you have self-compassion, the things you will do to, to act on that would be acts of kindness, is, is an act of self-kindness is how we could um, qualify that. So to start with, um, compassion, the way it's defined is it's the ability to show yourself empathy, uh, or to show empathy. And so self-compassion would be the ability to show empathy to yourself. 
And a lot of the work around self-compassion shows that when you take time for yourself, when you're willing to invest into giving yourself a break or a breather, giving yourself the tools you need to improve your own well-being, focusing on nourishing yourself, whatever that may look like, all of that will actually allow you to show up um, more strongly and better for the people around you, um, may that be family or colleagues. So by prioritizing self-compassion and going back to what you were saying at the beginning around selfishness, arguably you're choosing yourself in those times perhaps, right? Like you might be neglecting something to go be kind to yourself, but it will actually allow you to hopefully be even stronger for the people around you. Yeah. And I believe it's uh, Brene Brown who talks a lot around the idea that um, the most compassionate people have the most boundaries because they're able to know how to fill themselves, what they have to do to be kind to themselves in order to continue to extend kindness towards others. The example I always use is when you know when you get on an airplane and they say put your if if we do have an emergency put your oxygen mask on first so you can help other people. That's the, that that that's the key thing. Just out of interest, and this wasn't a, a planned question, but when it comes to the list of the kindest things ever, does a daughter poking uh, their dad in the leg to get their attention? Does that list, is that on any kind of list? I don't think it is. Is it? <laughs> um, so I, I really enjoyed the quotes in your book as well, particularly the Oscar Wilde one that I hadn't heard before, so it was a new one on me. Um, the smallest act of kindness is worth more than the grandest intention. Uh, that was the uh, first part of the <laughs> podcast that we didn't know when it was going to end. Oh, no, no, we, we didn't know when it was going to come. Sophie's here, so hello to so I'm dressed. And she's dressed, which is always is good. Um, so, yeah, thank you for enjoying that. I hope yep. you found that insightful as we did when we got the opportunity to speak we to We are very fortunate we were looking at the screen when it went black. It was, we were lucky. Um, but we've got the second part of that amazing interview on... If you're watching this on Facebook Live, it'll be on Friday. Yeah. And if you're part of the audio um, it'll uh, be next week. contingent of next who, listen, Thursday. who listen to it, we have an episode that comes out every Thursday and it will come out next Thursday, won't it? Yes. So, let's get back to the um, end of the show. We've got answers to the official question of the podcast, um, uh, which are, which was, what... What time do you remember the most where you had an amazing compliment or something, uh, somebody said something that was really encouraging? And what do you remember? So we've had loads of answers on this particular front. On Twitter, uh, Kate Shaw said, many years ago, when I was in the middle of a pretty grim divorce, my brother said to you, I will support you no matter what you decide to do, even if I don't agree with you. Um, and I, thought, I thought the following words were quite poetic. I held on to that like a drowning woman. Drowning. Drowning. Um, uh, the 
uh, emotional words, the words of encouragement uh, most important to Damien were, um, I'm not sure if this is a compliment or words of encouragement, but in my business life, the most important words have been, just be the very best version of yourself. This stuff me seeking to try and replicate other businesses or people, now I'm true to myself all the time. You know what, I think that's a really important point. I think the reality is we can try and sort of pretend we're other people but we're but, not but we, so we we're should ha- just make the most of who we really are well, i think we're happiest when we're genuinely authentic mm-hmm. do you know what i mean with all the weird stuff that comes with it um sorry all the weird, weird <laughs> stuff that comes with it um, Dad, it's, it's more accurate all the stuff that comes with it chris broom said coming from a new client at the end of an emotional divorce case Having showed her that she could move away and start the next phase of her new life, she asked, did your late mother see you do this type of work? I replied, no. And she said, I know she'd be very proud of you. And that is an amazing comment to to, to have. Um, A couple of others um, from Facebook. Um, We had a couple... Um, again, uh, we asked this twice and we had a num- number of comments. John Sharman, <laughs> this is advice from his mum, said, don't worry about the fact that you finished last, son. It's the taking part of my that counts from my mum every single day of my life. <laughs> okay. Dave Forrest said, I've got the legend, that is friend Dave of the Forrest. show, that is, Dave Forrest like, can't get... Like, can't help getting involved in every single part of the show, <laughs> can he? Um, Dave Fulsdyke said, um, I can only say, uh, this was uh, sent by a client to my boss recently. I can honestly say that in my 50 odd years of dealing with professional people in various fields, none of them has surpassed Dave in terms of quality of service, and it's not the fact that he's supremely competent and efficient in the technical aspects Um, uh, but as a social psychologist I was immediately impressed by his bedside manner and the way he was simultaneously highly professional and yet so friendly and reassuring it does go on and and Dave is an absolute legend and he deserves every single word of that Um, our esteemed producer Russell James yes thank you Russell for making a comment um Daddy told me that he was proud of me when I was looking after Mummy. Uh, that's my mum, who uh, passed away just over a year ago. And Russell did an amazing job um, mm-hmm. helping helping our mum um, at the end of his life. So, yeah, you should be proud of that, Russ. Um, at the end of uh, <laughs> mum's life. Don't joke about stuff like that. Um, You're this, the slowest words. This meant I'm a lot to, to me. Also, when you tell... when. I tell him he's doing an amazing job. It gives him the confidence to try new things. So um, thank you for being amazing, Mm Russ. We do appreciate it. You are a bit of a a bit of a legend. Um, uh, And then we had a few more comments that were interesting. Um, You asked it twice. uh, I did ask it twice. Um, uh, Louise McNamee. The best uh, compliment she ever got was, you're the best the human race has to offer. Don't think I deserved it. 
but it meant the world, particularly given who it came from. And if you know Louise, who's my cousin, so I'm a little bit biased, mm. she definitely deserves it. So mm. well done, Louise. Sharon Adkins said, you won't get far with your looks, but 10 out of 10 for humour and personality. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm hoping... Oh, no, it was her maths teacher who said that. Now, I, I don't know whether we might... We've got, I know we've got a few teachers watching. I know a few teachers watch our show. Is that good teaching? I'm or is that just rude? Or is that... It was in the 80s, though. Is, is that rude? Yeah, you've got, you got a wave in the 80s. My maths teacher in 1984. Um, but um, certainly incorrect in the first bit, but Sharon is um, massively funny and got a massive personality, so well done. Uh, Al McCann said, uh, I, I've had a few words of encouragement. Um, well done, keep going. He likes compliments and encouragement that are simple, honest and meaningful. Um, and any variation on don't fret, you've worked very hard. I think sometimes we can be our harshest, harshest judge mm -hmm. and just having somebody go you've done a good job is fundamentally important Dave Forsyth got involved again or well, should we just call this the Dave Forsyth show um, said don't be don't try and be like anybody else be like you the very best version of you that you can be again goes back to that authenticity point Amanda C. Smead said my mum um, said one day go to bed happy and wake up happy if you don't do something to change it yeah um and sue Conyu said if you always try your best you won't be disappointed a message my mum gave to me from her dad who sadly died too young but one i've always remembered in a quiet moment i reflect and i try and give it my best shot nice so on that note and on quite a good show i thought um, Self-congratulatory. Um, on that note, on, on that note, are we, are we doing the joke? Yeah, I definitely Don't, do. Don't, right, let's end on a high. Let's not bring it down. Let's end. I do have a joke. Go on. Why did the frog take the bus to work? <laughs> I don't know. Why did the frog take the bus to work? Because his car got towed. <laughs> This is a roller coaster. This podcast, <laughs> it like we, we we have a high descent half, and then suddenly whoom, it goes down. <laughs> On that note, it's have nice. a lovely Wednesday. Hope you have a brilliant day, and we'll see you Friday for the next um, live version. If you're watching live, see you then. Bye. Bye.